This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 6 of the Chops, Kicks and Near Falls uh, podcast. I am Conrad and as always I'm joined by Val. Uh, hello Val, how are you? Hello Conrad, uh, I'm pretty great uh, on this on this Monday night, how are you? I'm good, yeah, just uh, excited to get back into recording. It feels like ages since we've done an episode of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been quite a while. Yeah, we've got, we're ready to to tackle quite a good, a good bunch of tournaments. Like as uh, we've got, uh, like it's been it's been a heavy tournament season the last few months. As for people who have been watching Japanese uh, wrestling are have been aware, um, we're going to tackle the likes of G1 Climax, uh, Best of Super Juniors, the World Tag League, which have ju- uh, which the the later two have just um, we we've learned of which the finals um, are going to be on the events um, uh, yesterday. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, about some progressing Noah, the one victory, uh, the Champions Carnival in all Japan, and we're going to also to look at uh, some of uh, the five star Grand Prix in Stardom. So that's the the main the main stuff we're going to cover today. And at, and at the end of this pod, we're also going to do some kind of uh, end of the year awards thing, like real, real, real quick. Um, as we, as we, uh, when was it? I think it was either the second or third episode that we did the mid-year uh, awards. Yeah, I think that's a, that sounds about right. Yeah, it's uh, around August, I think. So, yeah. yeah, episode three, I think. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, that, we're going to do that. So, uh, how about we we just get into it, uh, like like just right now, like with the. With the with pretty much the, the biggest part of our um, of our um, tournament rundown with New Japan and the G1 climax. Yeah, sounds like a plan. So uh, let's start just by doing a pretty much of a, a recap of the blogs and um, and the general results. Um, in block A, Kotei Bushi advanced with 14 points, followed by uh, Will Spray, Jay White, and Kazuchika Okada at 12. Then you, then we had Taichi, Jeff Cobb, Tomohiro Ishii, and Shingo Takagi both tied for um, with eight points. Minoru Suzuki finished with six, and Yujiro Takahashi finished with two. And in Block B, there was a three-way tie between uh, Sanada, Evil, and Tetsuya Naito at um, at twelve. However, Sanada, the tiebreaker over both over both men, and advanced to the finals. Uh, Kenta and Zack Saber Jr. were tied at ten points. Hiroki Goto, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Juice Robinson were tied for um, uh, well for for third, uh, I should say, uh, with eight points. And Toriano finished with six, and Yoshiashi bottom of his block with four points. Um, first thing I want to ask you about this um, this film, is there anything really surprising to you with the with these general results? Um, I was probably surprised as a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people were as well, um, that Ibushi made the second straight, uh, no, sorry, third straight final, um, mm-hmm. and kind of 
broke yeah. broke a record with that. Um, I was kind of surprised that uh, Suzuki finishing second to last in his block after winning the Never Championship. I thought he'd have like a really long run. Um, True. Kind of reminiscent of um, Juice's, um, when was it? I think it was the D128 where he was a uh, US champion and lost uh, most of his matches. Yeah, I think that was, uh, yeah, because uh, Cody kind of jumped the line, didn't he, after yeah. like attack match? But um, <laughs> less we say on that, I guess it's better. Um, I was kind of surprised that um, I kind of saw the Sonata final come in because. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, we all thought he was going to make the final of the cup, so it kind of made sense for him to um, make the finals here. Um, kind of surprised that Tanahashi finished with eight, but looking back, it kind of makes sense considering kind of like the character progression he's had this year. Yeah, um, and they've played, they've kept playing um, with uh, with Tanahashi and the Angel Body during World Tag League recently. So just kind of uh, an escalation there. So, so by, uh, by the end of the G1, yeah, I also was surprised that Tanahashi only finished with with eight, which uh, which has to be like his lowest score in uh, in God knows how long, really. I think when I did my research um, for like a planned preview, I think it was kind of at least not within the last 10 years that he'd finished with eight. He's normally straight onto double digits. At least since like the current format, like the 10-man block yeah. has, has been introduced, he's never finished below 10, apart from last year when he finished with eight. But Yeah, so I think, yeah, I don't think there's really much bigger of surprise. So um, the first key point I would like to to guide you towards would be, well, the, the finals and its results. So Kota Ibushi not only did um, uh, go back to back to back with making the finals appearances, he also went back to back by winning the actual tournament. Um, before we actually talk about what happened that power struggle, first your your thoughts about um, Ibushi going back to back? Um, kind of made sense, I guess. The whole thing with Ibushi. Um, it's been kind of really mishandled, I think. But um, this whole kind of thing is, I want to become God and like surpass God. Um, so to kind of win two G ones in a row, I think that's kind of sets him up for a good position. Um, or sets him up in a good uh, position. Sorry, um, it's kind of. I wasn't too happy with the fact that he won it, but looking at kind of how his character's been built and kind of his position, it kind of made sense. Especially with yeah. like being in the tag division, I think this is kind of like the injection that he needed to kind of remind people that he was still kind of there. I kind of wish that I can I kind of wish the that the the tag run he was having the with Tanahashi actually continued. That would have been quite. I think that would be that would have been like the, the logical progression towards them through this year. Now, um, obviously, uh, the the main idea was to keep Hibushi strong as a singles guy so they get pretty much they had to book him a certain way to keep him strong and you don't have the IC title uh right now right now with you since since Naito is a double champion and New Japan doesn't seem to to wish to uh, separate the belt separate the best right away so in that sense yeah winning the G1 well makes some kind of sense now uh to the to the other big point uh, relating to that, 
um, at Power Struggle, um, Ibushi faced Jay White, whom he lost to during the tournament uh, for the briefcase. And for the first time uh, since the, the the briefcase was actually uh, actually became a thing, uh, and the contract had to the J1 contract had to be defended. Uh, Jay White won the match, and Ibushi lost the briefcase. So, um, well, what are your thoughts about that? Um, I think it was kind of, it was really good. Uh, it made sense for Jay to kind of be the first one to do it. And it made sense for Ibushi to be the first one to lose it. Um, kind of keeps that story of him wanting to become God, but like not quite being there. Um, couldn't be the kind of the devil, I guess. Um, well, the, the New Japan equivalent of the devil. Um, and it's, I'm kind of, I was excited at the prospect of Jay winning because like I was kind of, like, oh, he's not actually going to win it. And then he did, but and I was perfectly fine with that. It's just the kind of aftermath that was kind of the issue. Yeah, because... yeah. The, the third point, like, obviously, we're going to have to talk about that as well. Uh, just to come back on Jay White, um, as, as you said, he really is the, um, the perfect guy to actually put in that position of, like, take, just, well, stealing the... the the glory from the from the big baby face in Ibushi, uh, the way he did that by actually cheating during the match, which I just love that finish. Like that, the match was really good, and that finish um, with Jay uh, using the ropes to win was quite perfect in the context of the match and what they wanted to do. So I really enjoyed that. Um, and now we've got uh, we've got Jay White versus Naito scheduled for um, January fifth. However, the the other thing the other thing that we we got was that Kota Ibushi actually doesn't lose anything apparently from uh, losing the briefcase since he still gets the the double title match at um, well at, well on January fourth against Naito. Um, you you made it uh, or you already made it quite clear that you didn't really like this this decision, right? Yeah, it's kind of a silly decision. I think it kind of undermines Jay as well because I think January 4th is still kind of the big draw and we saw it with the attendance numbers for Wrestle yeah. Kingdom 14 and the first night was, even though we had the promise of like the double champion being crowned on the second night, it was the sec- the first night that kind of brought the biggest attendance and yeah. so to have Ibushi kind of lose and still main event the bigger show um, is kind of a bit of a kick-, kick in the teeth but I guess if they want to get it out of the way with then... Um, I, I don't know. It's been a really confusing year. They could have just split the titles, had Ibushi win on night one, challenged Tanahashi for night two, and then had Naito and Jay. And then you could do a Naito redemption arc after losing both the belts, after winning the, the previous year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there definitely were different different things to do, different ways to to just um, well handle this um, this double t- title thing. I really, I really think they should have like they had opportunities to to separate the titles like the new japan cup could have been used for that like every year you could do something around the the g1 climax and whoever uh naito would have lost to they decided not to go that route as we know uh, naito faced evil for it for a well a third time uh, at power struggle um so it Overall, just the main event scene and this G1 showcase that was kind of weird, even though there's still one big, um, let's say, big, well, big good point coming out of this of this G1, which is Sanada making the finals. We're going to go back um, go back to this a little later. Um, now I would like to to move on to a uh, well, 
Well, I guess it's kind of your point uh, that you that you added on the on the doc that we have uh, for um, for this episode. So I'll let you talk about it. Like we're going to talk about the the double champion in self Yeah. So um, it kind of struck out to me because everybody kind of I saw like after Wrestle Kingdom and we had the um, Naito versus Kenta at New Beginning, um, which was a bit long for my taste personally. It kind of forty minutes is difficult to kind of. Um, to get a, like a compelling match, and I don't think they quite got there. It was, I think it just went long for the sake of being long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Naito wrestling, I think the longest out of anybody in the entire tournament this year. Um, very few of his matches, very few matches that he competed in went under twenty. I know his first three went over twenty, and the first two went over twenty-five. So um, I think was it a shot at those people that said he couldn't wrestle, um, like? A longer match without the aid of someone like Okada or someone like Ibushi or Jay, or do you think it's kind of him proving himself as a worthy champion, or maybe a bit of both because it's Naito? Well, he's definitely proving himself as a worthy champion. Uh, like I think it's it's a good way to just to put things. Like obviously, he never really got that um, to be in the, in such a role before, uh, like entering the G1 as champion and. Being in that in that particular role, of, like most of the time it has been Okada or Tanahashi or that one time Kenny Omega. Um, now he has been he has been quite successful in that role, just having just being the um, the top guy with a with a target on his back and lo- looking looking strong and having pretty great matches. Like the match with Tanahashi, for me, is the big highlight of this year's G1. But he had other pretty good matches. I can think of the match with. I think it was Zack Sabre Jr., which was pretty good as well. Um, so yeah, glo- yeah, globally, Naito look pre- look pretty great. And s- lo- looking at looking at the last few years that he had, um, like not not just this year really, like because wrestling wrestling long main events in New Japan has been uh, has been quite the the, the big tendency uh, the last few years. Um, s- Saying that Naito can wrestle a lengthy match, like around thirty minutes, to be, to to try and and look at um, what's the what's the word I'm trying to get I'm trying to get there um, the average the average time I would say um, uh, yeah around thirty minutes like he showed that he could wrestle and have great matches even though even though he can even though uh, yeah the, the matches can be can feel a bit long and obviously 30 to 40 minutes sometimes uh, can can just really feel like a, like a wear and tear but like Naito is one of those of those guys who is actually great enough to, to wrestle into to wrestle this long and still provide a, a really good performance so it's kind of a silly argument I guess I think it's one that absolutely works um, I think a lot of people are kind of expecting um, so obviously we, as you said we didn't really get um, Nice has never really had the chance to kind of carry that um, position as kind of, I guess, the ace, like, I suppose. Um, and just looking at his, his record now, uh, 27 minutes with um, Tanahashi, and I think that was probably my match of the tournament like, on night two. And they, they really set the bar for the rest of the tournament. They did, um, yeah. They teased another draw with Sabre, and that went 28 minutes. Goto went 21. Sonata went 27. Yoshihashi... Um, I think a lot of people counted him out, and that went um, 25. 
and his shortest match was, you know, surprise, surprise uh, against Yano. Mm. Um, but then pretty much everybody's shortest match is against Yano. Um, but yeah, I think he did a really good job at kind of proving that he could still kind of, even with like bad knees and what um, everything else that's kind of been seen as an issue by some fans that he could still kind of deliver. And he put on pretty match of the night in pretty much every single um, B block show. In in A block, which which necess- didn't necessarily like, I remember um, the like once we got we actually got to to know the blogs before the tournament. Like a lot of well, a lot uh, maybe not that that much people, but at least some people were were looking at um, at the A block as the as as the big block with the the potential for really the the best matches. Um, and obviously, like when you have guys like. Uh, Ibushi, Okala, Jay, Ishii, or Shingo, or even Osprey in that matter. Um, you can only expect great things, but like I think Naito and and he wasn't alone, but Naito showed that he helped showing that the, the B block wasn't actually like the the weak block of the two. Like these these two blocks were actually two strong blocks, and I think Naito for B block actually really helped summoning uh, that. So that was pretty that, that was pretty good. Yeah, I think I actually preferred B block to um to A block. Like I had to cover kind of both for um various websites and stuff, but I think I actually lent towards in terms of like my kind of personal taste in match matches, I think I really lent towards B block when looking back across the best matches of the tournament. Yeah, I might too. Like guys were like like guys, I like I like guys like Sanada, Kenta, Zack Saber Jr. Like guys like Goto and obviously Tanahashi just for a bit as well like this makes for a for quite the interesting mix of guys and guys we actually all work you know, pretty well together so i uh, yeah for me too i as well would probably lean towards b block as i guess uh the one which provided the most the uh, the most fun and the the matches i would i would enjoy the most um Speaking of uh, speaking of B block, we're going to move on to the man who actually won this uh, this block in Sanada. Um, so he made so he made the the G one for the the G one finals for the first time. Uh, is this been the Lokshin pad that we we were waiting for essentially? Like, what do you think about this? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, the launching pad that we absolutely have waited quite a while for with Sanada. Um, I think um, I don't want to kind of address the kind of rumours that were going around like around this time last year that his contract was up and he was looking at kind of moving um, to kind of WWE or whatever. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, there's been a long time coming. Um, I like the fact that they actually kind of made it like a logical kind of outcome um, with kind of evil kind of leaving him behind, um, kind of moving on to the greener pastures and then like kind of silencing the critics and saying, oh, I beat him now because and like I'm just as big of a star as he is. Um, and obviously Naito, it kind of made sense. Um, well, it really did make sense. And I think it's kind of only a matter of time before he picks up a singles championship. Maybe not the heavyweight, but definitely the IC title in, in his future, for sure. Yeah, I also, yeah, I also think like right now the, the heavyweight title is probably out, out of reach still. But yeah, like Sanada is probably like one of three four guys potentially who like in the in the not so distant future possibly early next year depending on whatever uh ghetto is going to do with his booking but um like 
you, you could easily see Sanada as the guy to actually um, be the one to separate both titles and be the one to beat Naito for the IC if that ever happens. Or uh, I don't know, maybe maybe we actually get um, get something like uh, the next New Japan Cup being for the IC title instead of the of a shot at the heavyweight and Sanada could win that. So we could have some a story playing out like this. So and yeah, just to go back on the question, I it really feels like the that point where Sanada is going to hopefully rise up to another level, which has been, as you said, quite a long time coming. As uh, like really, like you could go back uh, to his first G1 as he picked as he picked his like that that big win over Tanahashi was quite was well, uh, which was quite a shock at the time, and he and he kept uh, he, he kept following. Uh, with big wins pretty much each year, so yeah, it's like it's more of a concrete moment that we have right now, and hopefully they, hopefully uh, he gets to actually build on that. Uh, let's see what do we have next. We oh okay. Um, so we talked about the the guy to actually win B block. Now we're gonna move. Back to to the A block and someone who was not so lucky. We talked about uh, well, not so lucky, not so successful. I should I should say in Minoru Suzuki, who finished with only six points as never openweight champion during this G1. Um, is this just the result of a stacked block, to, or I guess is there something else to really talk about here? Um, I think you could kind of make an argument for both. Um, it was a pretty stacked block. And uh, having like names like um, Okada and Jay, even Taichi, that was the win that caught me off the most. Mm. Um, I think that kind of Suzuki kind of gets wrestling. Then I think he kind of, with his absence from the G1 this year, no, sorry, last year, um, which obviously was in hindsight just to set up the Royal Quest main event, um, which was great. Um, and we, we were both there, so it's yeah, better. It truly was. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was kind of, I think you kind of really, he might kind of be like starting to wind it down a little bit. So it might be because he's kind of um, putting over guys like um, like Shingo and obviously like Shingo's kind of not like one of the youngest talents, but um, obviously putting over Okada again um, and kind of, yeah, I think he's kind of, could be the result of a stat block, but at the same time it could be him kind of starting kind of like a, Descent, and he kind of knows that he's kind of not shouldn't be on the top of the card when there are kind of younger talents that might need it a little bit more. Yeah, well, I agree. I agree with that. Like, obviously, he's in his fifties now, so he's going to to take a little bit of a backseat now. Um, like, I'm kind of surprised. It, like, six feels uh, really like a slow, a uh, like a a little num a little number of wins. Like you. Well, a number of points, like and just winning three matches when you've got when you've got nine and when you've got Minoru you know, Suzuki and we know who he is. So it's kind of uh, it kind in kind of takes you takes you off, I guess. And um, though, as we said, like the, the block, not what just not stacked, but you had you had quite a lot of guys who actually needed to to. Either to actually look up to to their standards. I'm th- I'm thinking of guys like Shingo, Ishii, and obviously the guys who who finished at the at the top of the block. But also guys like Taichi, Jeff Cobb, and to another extent Will Ospreay. Um, 
who kind of needed uh, to get those to actually get get wins and be propelled to a to another level like Jeff Cobb I thought was quite disappointing last year and he was a little bit di- he was actually a little bit better this year doing the G1 Tai Chi has been a long time coming is um, like his elevation has been uh, a long time coming now and it kind of feels like he's really taking the the the, the reins of Suzuki Gun in a sense at least he is showing he is being showed uh, he and Zach are, are being showed like the the two top guys of that group at the moment and Osprey as we know with with his new with his new faction he had to be um he had to look stronger than he than he did the previous year so yeah like Suzuki is not really surprising but in the meantime he was, but in, in the meantime he was champion so seeing champions being yeah, well, uh, I guess not looking as strong as they should be because of their champion status was kind of weird. But yeah, yeah, not really a surprise, I guess, in, in hindsight. Yeah, I think they kind of... Um, I think you're absolutely right with them. The Tai Chi and uh, Zach being kind of set up as the two guys. Um, and kind of, it's kind of like a tangent thing before we move on to like the next kind of point. Um, who do we think takes the kind of leadership from Suzuki, do we think it's Tai Chi after the win, or do you think he kind of bestows it to Zach, or do you think they co-lead it, or um, or do you think it kind of breaks apart and they form a new group, or like general? Honestly, I don't of... know. It's it's hard to, it's hard to tell. Like when you look at the nature of the faction, you you would be tempted to say that they're just gonna they're, they're just gonna betray Suzuki in some way, and they're just gonna do their own thing and whatever. But in the meantime, uh, there is actually there there is a Quite a close relationship between Suzuki and Zach, so you, you could see um, having a, a, I guess, a more quote-unquote traditional uh, passing of the torch, like with a, like they just have this big match to get this big match together, and by the end of it, just uh, Suz, um, Zach becomes the de facto leader of something by by beating Suzuki. You could have something like that play out as well, or it, or it could just be even smoother and just no one no one fights off and it. And just the, um, the, what I'm, the, pro, the progression and just keeps going the way it's been going and it's just being really smooth and you pretty much don't even notice the the, the shift in within the, the factions ranks I guess but yeah like with Suzuki Gun right now it's pretty much anything could happen and it's actually like, if we actually get uh, we get that story to be, uh, I'm actually looking. I'm looking a little bit too much for my words. Um, to be exploited, uh, you could do something quite interesting there. So hopefully that's done, and you're going you're going to have to do some to do something at some point for that with Suzuki aging. So hopefully that happens, and we get something nice out of it. Um, I guess we can finish this like as we tackled with the like most of the the points we wanted to tackle out here with the G1. I guess we can end with discussing like our favorite match if we have any and who we talk about who we'd see as the as the tournament MVP. Yeah, um, do you want to go first or? Uh, yeah, um, well, for for my favorite match, like, we, we talked about it a little. Um, a little earlier, uh, it would probably be uh, Naito and Tanashi from Night Two. Like really, that was the one. That, that was the standout one for me. Um, 
I didn't quite expect um, uh, Naito to win this one. I will say, though, the, though obviously the match, de- obviously the match delivered. Um, like it, it was it wasn't quite on par with the with the incredible tri- trilogy these these two had uh, three years ago, but still a pretty a pretty great match, and I would say in general it still it still holds up as one of the the tournament's best matches. Um, and one I would like to mention would be well, it's from night one. It was um, Shingo and Suzuki. Uh, was it Shingo and Suzuki? No, um, Suzuki and Ishii, who had this match on night one, which which was pretty good as well. And I guess for MVP, I would probably lean towards Naito for just uh, just his general work in B block, which was pretty good. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much the same. Um, I think I'd probably. Um, yeah, the match of the tournament is probably definitely a lock. Um, Naito and Tana, and probably second second choice probably Jay versus Ishii, just for how great the psychology was on the uh, the final night of A Block, um, and the fact that the the kind of result really caught me off. I thought Jay was kind of going through and he's going to meet Sonata in the final, but um, I was surprised, and it all played out, and we kind of. I know both of us kind of got the result we wanted with the briefcase in the end, I guess. So, um, tournament MVP, I'll probably say, yeah, I'm leaning towards Naito um, for probably the whole tournament, maybe. Uh, Ishii, if I had to pick someone from A Block. Um, good match for the card. Great match. As well. mm, Shingo's been having a stellar year. Um, I'm kind of surprised that he wasn't kind of in the kind of, that kind of like deciding kind of for wrestlers but looking back it's like um heading to like final night uh, of a block he wasn't alive like at all which was um somewhat surprising i guess but he, he had a good tournament and he's gonna um he's had he's had a really really good year mm. so arguably the arguably the just the straight up best new japan wrestler this year in shingo takagi i Think like he's at the very at the very least like up there with guys like with well with Naito and probably Hiromu I guess would be would be the three I would like to to actually uh, well well the three would stand out for me like would probably be these three and yeah Shingo isn't that isn't that at least just a new Japan wrestlers like who actually managed to make some great some great things out of this year. Yeah, absolutely. He's kind of run a form with the Never title. Has kind of revived it from being. Because remember, it was last. No, it wasn't 2019. It was 2018, um, I think. And there was kind of a string of about three or four different title reigns, and as um, all of them were V zero. Um, and this year, you've kind of. I think Shingo, for is the first one that's actually kind of invited, like openly invited junior heavyweights to kind of wrestle for that belt, kind of rather than making it just a prop for the heavyweights or kind of focusing more on heavyweight opponents, the fact that he's had Show and Desperado challenge, and both of them have come out looking really, really good um, after wrestling him. I think he's done an absolutely brilliant job. Um, probably, yet yeah, alongside Hiromu and Naito, he's absolutely my New Japan MVP for this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of juniors, we're going to move on to well the, the second New Japan tournament we're going to tackle, and we're going to try to go just a little, just a tad bit faster here um, with best of super juniors. Um, quickly going quickly quickly going over the the standings. Um, so 
here again there was a three-way tie for um for the the top spot in the in the sole block of this tournament with El Desperado, Hiromu Takahashi, and Taiji Ishimori, the junior every champion, all tied at 14 points. Um, Desperado and Hiromu actually advanced to the finals. Um, then you had Sho um, ending, ending with 12. Bushi, Master Wato, Robbie Eagles, and Ryuzuki Taguchi finished with 8. Duki finished with 4. And Yuya Uemura, the Young Lion, finished with with zero wins, zero points. Um, like, again, like just like with the G1, like, is there anything, like, just looking at the standings, which stand out to you? Something surprising or just uh, st- something standing out in general? Um, I was quite surprised at the fact that show kind of didn't make the finals. Um, I'm surprised that Desperado did. Um, to be honest, even though he's had a really great, well, especially after the comeback, um, and he has been absolutely delightful to watch um since that kind of return i think he's kind of shown a lot of people that he can be kind of trusted as one of kind of like the top guys in the junior division mm-hmm. um i think um obviously i haven't really watched a lot of super juniors i haven't really watched a lot of new japan in them um since probably night one of the super juniors um taiji being where he is kind of doesn't surprise me a great deal because i think it was always going to be a matter of he loses out via tiebreaker and he was going to finish at the top of the block. So um, glad that Bushi kind of got eight points. Um, and oh, Umura kind of... Because <laughs> normally he goes... Because um, I know it's like last few years he's kind, of, he's kind of gone... So like he'll lose his first three matches or so and then he'll go undefeated. Um, and then that'll kind of... The fact that he lost a few like early on keeps him out. But yeah... Um, Kind of, apart from Desperado, it's pretty much what I expected yeah. in terms of standings. Yeah, I don't think there really is um, is something really uh, like out of the, uh, what you could have expected there. Like everyone kind of seems to be pretty much at the place they should have been. Um, and speaking as you, as you were talking as you were talking a little more about Hiromu and Desperado making the finals, um, let's ask ourselves the well, kind of the big question: like, is this the right final matchups or the the way the well the right finals matchup or is could um could we have could we have had um like anything else? Like, I think we can all agree that Hiromu was making the finals of this tournament as he's been tied with Ishimori pretty much uh like pretty much since summer struggle. Um now yeah who else could he have faced in the finals? Like maybe someone like Sho possibly? Yeah, I would have liked to see Sho. Um just being in that final could have elevated him a little bit more. Um after kind of having a good year and kind of I think since Rapongi came back, I think he's kind of always been seen as the, the one of um, like the guy that would probably be pushed more as a singles guy if that team yeah. ever split up. Um, I think um, probably too soon for Master Wato. He's kind of as good as he is. Like um, like already, he's kind of. I think he's still a little bit unsure of himself. Um, it kind of shows some of his offenses a little bit kind of sloppy, I guess, and he kind of yeah. doesn't quite kind of resonate in areas. Um, I think. Yeah, I think uh, Hiromu was absolutely the right move. I think he's kind of the lock to win it. Um, mm. It really surprised me if he didn't consider it. I can't see him going heel versus heel for uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there really is. Well, there's pretty much is no story between Ishimori and Desperado, and you're and with Wrestle Kingdom, you're going to try to get the the biggest match possible that you can uh, as the as the big as the big junior match. So yeah, Hiromu and Ishimori making the making to the Tokyo Dome after making um, after wrestling in in Korakanal and uh, and the Jingu Stadium. They're going to experience the Tokyo Dome. Like should be the, hopefully this is the the a big enough marquee match uh, for the for the for the juniors and for the for the first time that the the, the best of the super junior winners the best of the super juniors winner um, actually gets to to actually gets his shot uh, at the title at uh, at the Tokyo Dome, which is uh, as I just said, like it's it's going to be the first time. So hopefully the these two can like well, I'm saying these two like Hirobu actually already won the already won the tournament, but we're as we said we're, we're pretty certain that he's going to uh, on the eleventh. So hopefully, hopefully we actually do get that get that third match and and we and we get the ba- the, the actual banger that we expect. Um, moving on to the to our second point, uh, we're going to talk about um, well. Uh, Master Wato, like formerly known as Hiroi Kawato, he has been he has been qu- he's been quite good for his first best of a super junior. Is even though is even though his um, his offense, as you said, sometimes has been the, has been a little bit iffy. Is not he's definitely not, uh, been far from perfect uh, during his first run. Uh, globally, how would you say he held up uh, during this tournament? Um, I think he did good um, for the most part. Yeah, I think he picked up the wins that kind of we expected him to. Um, beat Robbie, beat Uemura, as everybody else did. Um, kind of lost to Gucci. Um, surprisingly beat Desperado and um, Duki, but yeah, lost to Shobushi, Taiji and Hiromu. Um, kind of shows that he's, he's potentially going to be, well, I think he will be a star in time. Um, not quite there yet and struggled to kind of beat those kind of the veterans and kind of like those that are higher up um and it's kind of i guess it fits with the gimmick of kind of he's on his way to being the grandmaster and he's yeah. not quite there yet and i think then that's what a lot of people have, don't understand with him the fact that like he's not like he's not a grandmaster yet and he's not gonna like he's not 100 percent yet and when he does become grandmaster he's gonna be really really good yeah well he's pretty he... He's pretty. He's pretty much uh, in a sense quite. Um, how should I say? It? I was going to say living the gimmick, but it's not really the the expression I, I would like to use. Like, let's say that uh, being on his way to to well becoming a a grand a, a grand master and and just becoming better. Like, it's is the perfect definition of what he is right now. He's a like he's still a work in progress in a sense. You can you can tell he's still trying to find his footing a little bit. Is not exactly um, um, all feeling. Uh, isn't exactly feeling himself perfectly. You you can you can tell where where the improvement can. You can tell he can still have a lot of improvement to make. But then again, the talent is there. Um, the wins, the win over Duki didn't really surprise me, given uh, the kind of feud they had starting. Uh, well. Well, Wato's return, and since then he kind of has been feuding with Suzuki Goon. Now, yeah, the, the win over Desperado is probably is probably the the one 
the one actually staying out now he did beat a he did beat a finalist so it's like uh, I guess his marquee win for this year's tournament because that, that's what it would be yeah I think it'd be fair to kind of call it that um, I think kind of him when he came back and he says that he was going to uh, like he was kind of gunning for Takahashi um, I think that's kind of they've kind of set it up so when he does beat Hiromu and probably will be for the um, that junior belt mm. then uh, then he will become the grandmaster because he said before Doki um, attacked him that he was actually on his return was planning on challenging straight away so this is kind of a good kind of progression for him yeah it wouldn't shock me if like if following Wrestle Kingdom whoever be whoever um um, comes out a champion at that time. Like, we could see, we could see Master Water challenge like around new beginning or something. I wouldn't be shocked by that at all. Um, like would be would be fitting with the with the name of the show actually, and just introducing some new some new blood in the division. I could see something like that happening. Um, and, and speaking of new blood, uh, we're going to look at Yuya uh, Huimura now. Um, so. Do we do we expect him to go on a on an excursion following the following this tournament? I guess we're speaking uh, more like in within the next few months, like not like he's going to go in uh, on an excursion right away. Or like I guess yeah, in the next few months or in the next year or so, could we see could we see him yeah go on an excursion somewhere? Yeah, I can see it happening. Like I think it's kind of a matter of as soon as the um, the borders are back open and kind of or we have a vaccine or whatever um i think you'll probably see the thing is i don't really know where he'd go because obviously at the minute you've got shota umino in um in the uk um you've got ren narita in the us with uh shibata mm-hmm. um i don't know is there anybody in mexico at the minute they could send uh, mexico? i don't think there is i don't think there is and with the situation with MLL, I'm not sure New Japan will send anyone there. Like the situation with Kawato wasn't has been kind of has been kind of iffy from the very little little I got to read like a year or so ago. There was there was a, a little issues there. So who knows how the how the situation is? But I don't think there is there there was another young young lion being sent uh, outside of uh, of Kawato in Mexico. So maybe it would go there now. Uh, the other point with that, um, it's been it's been a little more than two years since Huimura actually made his debut. Um, well, I should say it's going to be three years uh, next April. So I, I guess we're not that far away from the, from the moment he and possibly Yuta Tsuji as well um, get, go on their excursion. Uh, I, I would, I would have to look at, like, we would have to look at, um, like, I guess, I guess, sort of a, an average period of time um, after they debut, um, whenever young lions actually get on excursion, is probably around three years. So that would be two, it would two be or three years. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's probably he's probably going uh, going on his own quite soon. Um. How about we we move on to World Tag League next? Yeah, sounds good. Um, All right. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, so, so uh, the la- the last of the three New Japan tournaments we- which have already happened, World Tag League. Uh, we also know the finals for this one. Um, Juice Robinson and David Finlay Finn Juice are making the finals. Are making the finals again this year. Uh, they will be facing the well, the. Um, the former let let me get that right. I think six times uh six time tag champions. I think I think six time tag champions Tang uh Tangaloa and, and Tamatonga, Gorillas of Destiny. Um them and the current um IWGP uh tag team I was going to say junior tag team champion <laughs> Ta- um heavyweight tag team champion Taichi and Zack Saber Juniors all finished at the top of the of the single uh, World Tag League block with, ten, with 12 points um, below them uh, the LIJ duo of um, Shingo Takagi and Sanda finished with 10 with 10 points alongside Ishii and Toru Yano Hiroki Goto and Yoshiashi all of Chaos and, and the and Great Hokan and his Empire partner which was revealed on night one uh, Jeff Cobb uh, we're going to talk about um, a little about that, um, and then we've we've had pretty much the the jobbing teams, the jobbing theme, teams, I guess, uh, in Bad Luck Folly uh, and Chase Owens fin- finishing with six, Evil and Yuji Takahashi fin- finishing with six as well, which quite surprised me. But in the meantime, you've got Yuji so I guess it makes sense. And la- and last uh, lastly, we got we had. Um, Yoroshi Tanahashi and Toa and Nare finishing with only two points. So um, again, with the just like with the other two tournaments, uh, is there anything jumping off the page for you with the standings? Hmm. So um, yeah, Evil and Yujiro kind of jumps out. Um, as you say, kind of with Yujiro on the team, it kind of makes sense. But um, kind of, I thought Evil would have kind of gone a bit higher considering um, this position since well, pretty much all year has kind of been one of the guys and he's on a lot more of the marketing materials now but then so is Tanahashi and he finished with two um got tapped out in five minutes which um yeah, against god on the final night which is kind of kind of angered me but then you kind of look at how tanner is and it makes sense in a way because mm-hmm. he's just completely broken down and to have him submit to a sharpshooter is just plays on that even more um but yeah, some of the teams that were announced were kind of a bit underwhelming. Um, I was kind of expecting uh, Okan and Osprey and uh, Ishigoto uh, leave Yano out of it and then put Okada with Yoshihashi and then you could have progressed the um, the Empire and Okada thing while elevating Yoshihashi more after his really kind of breakout G1. Um, but yeah, pretty, unpredict- uh, pretty predictable finals. Um, I think Finjuice Roy is going to finish towards the top and same with G.O.D. And uh, obviously Tekka's losing out with uh, tiebreakers makes makes a lot of sense. So Yeah, it probably was um, the, the the most predictable tournament of, of them all, I guess, in a sense. Like, two I would say Super Juniors were also quite predictable, but like the, the tag league, the way it was set up with, with really dangerous Tekka's being the champions, you knew that a face team would be pretty much winning the tournament, and now we have Finchus making the finals. So it's like it is pretty much set, unless there is, I guess, some some chicken, some some shenanigans, and um, and uh, outside of the box booking. But really, it seems like we're leaning towards uh, another Finchus um, 
challenge at the Tokyo Dome for the for the tag titles. Um, now we're gonna uh, we're gonna quickly go back to the, the other point that you mentioned with Okada and Osprey. Um, I agree with you that well, I feel like they were missing from this year's tournament. Um, like not only did we have the possibilities to to create interesting pairings with with both Okada and notably Yoshiashi and have Osprey being with I guess uh, Great Hokan for the for the for the Empire and using the tournament to to build that up. Um, now, in a more general sense, I feel like the World Tag League always lacks this um, star power, like that you can, like you you look at other promotions and you and you look at their tag leagues. Like I'm going to talk about All Japan, for example. Like all the top guys are there every year. Like you always have, you always have your Kento Bihara, Suwama, Jake Lee. Uh, all these guys are pretty much always on the tag league. Pro Wrestling Noah is the same. Um, so I guess my question would be: Does New Japan really need to to get um, well? Well, I guess to keep that tendency of not having their their top stars um, in in the in the tournament, which by the way is quite fair to do because you're trying to to not wear them down before the Tokyo Dome, but still like. Could you could you have these guys back and just use them in a different way and build different things? Yeah, I think they kind of, um, I think they kind of undercut the work that they've done on the tag division this year by kind of having those big names out because, like, mm-hmm. you look at it and Tanahashi is kind of the only kind of big, big, big name. Obviously, yeah. like, there are the kind of like upper mid carders, but I think Tanahashi remains kind of like in a lot of people's minds, like the top guy mm. still. Um, I think Okada and Osprey and even like Ibushi. Um, Ibushi as well. Yeah. yeah, they could have done some with it. But um, yeah, I think it makes sense. And I think they kind of did miss the opportunity because they could have had, um, they could have had like Yoshihashi do a bit more work or kind of kept the matches shorter. Mm. Um, especially the Empire Chaos one, they could have just made that a real, a real proper sprint of a match. Um and yeah, it's kind of it's a weird one. Um, I think they kind of made the right room because so I think Okada and Osprey is naturally going to go for quite a while at the dome. Yeah. Because um, I think they're going to. I think Okada brings back the Rainmaker, and he's going to need a long match to kind of build up the anticipation, especially after missing. Or yeah, and um, like speaking yeah, about Okada and Osprey especially, like. That feud like really has little build right now. Like, obviously there was the um, there was the attack there, there was the attack um, at the last night of the G1 if I recall correctly, and since the, and since since then they had tag matches. But like you can tell they're trying to 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 book Osprey to a higher standard here. But I feel like the 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 feud should be bigger than it is, and it really could have been the the highlight of this World Tag League. Uh, and just to add um, on the Empire, uh, I was a little I was a little skeptical of uh, Jeff Cobb joining this faction. However, I will say uh, the team with Okan actually looks quite good. Like the just the two powerhouses, uh, pretty much wrecking havoc uh, against everyone was like it, it. It actually looks quite nice and a little nicer than I first would have expected. Um, so and I. 
I would say I'm quite interested to see how that how that goes the, and the the dynamic with Osprey and now this trio being uh, uh, being out there and and yeah uh, I don't think there's really much else to say like sadly the tag league isn't exactly the the fanciest of new japan tournaments so this year wasn't exactly the worst edition i would say um i guess lastly we can move we can just quickly bring up super jacob before moving on to to the other promotions um uh, the other tournaments i should say um as a quick reminder, the Super J Cup starts um, the December December twelfth. Uh, the the actual field is is composed of uh, guys that, for the most part, I haven't seen too much of, but uh, thankfully I actually know the names. Um, so you you've got Clark Corners, you've got Chris Bay um, facing each other. Then you've got ACH versus TJP, Ray Oris versus Blake Christian, and El Fantasmo, the two thousand nineteen winner, facing Lyo Rush. Layo Rouge. Um, so, uh, just quickly, like, do you have what would be your pick to to win the Super Jacob uh, this year, like on on this twelfth? Um, I think kind of Phantasmo kind of seems like a safe bet because he's kind because like he's the kind of I think he's still kind of like the biggest name in that field. I guess maybe ACH. Um, probably Leo Rush as well with him kind of being let go from WWE not too long ago um, I think yeah Leo Rush, Phantasmo um, maybe even Chris Bay or ACH um, I think ACH kind of completing like a comeback and winning the Jacob would be quite cool um, so yeah any of those four but I'm honestly like not too kind of interested I'm not really interested, invested in the New Japan of America I sound like a real kind of elitist there but just not there but yeah yeah I would pro- I would probably say ACH as well just because I don't see Phantasmo actually repeating though obviously like he could but I could see ACH do that like beat, NFL, beat Phantasmo in the in the final something like that could be could happen and obviously ACH is actually well liked in both well liked in America and Japan so it's it can be it can be like the one of the other big juniors of the of New Japan's American brand, and you can, and he's a well known, is he is a well known figure uh, globally in New Japan. So he's a guy I guess they can trust uh, to like if there's something they're trying to build um, straight in America with the junior heavyweights, they can they can at least rely on him and Fantasmo to actually have a a, a bit of a um, of a base there, I guess. Uh, so now that, unless you've got something else to add, we can move on to the N1 victory and Progressing Noah. Yeah, let's move on to the good tournament. <laughs> <laughs> quite, poss- quite possibly the best tournament of, uh, of the whole year, but we're going to we're going to talk about that later. So um, so yeah, next up we've, we're going to move on to Progressing Noah and this year's N1 victory. Uh, uh, so again, a little reminder of the two blocks. Uh, in the A block, Kaito Kiyomiya won the block uh, with seven points. Uh, following following game, you had uh, the GHC heavyweight champion Goshi Ozaki finishing with six. Masaaki Moshizuki of Dragon Gate finished with fifth 
with five actually, and then there was a three-way tie for at four points between Malibu Stoya, Kazuchi Sakuraba, and Masaki Tamiya. Uh, then in block B, Katsuhiko Nakajima won the block, um, followed by Tak. Takashi Sugura with seven, Kenno with six points, Naomi Shimaru Fuji with five, Chuhei Taniguchi, Chuhei Taniguchi with four, and Yoshiki Namura with zero points. Um, quick, quickly getting to our first point um, regarding this tournament, uh, Inamura with uh, no wins and zero points. Uh, obviously, the B block was quite stacked when you look into it. However, was there um, one opportunity available for him to actually pick up a victory, or was was this like just wishful thinking of uh, seeing him getting one victory there? Um, I think it kind of it could kind of lean either way. I think there could have been an opportunity like somewhere, but I think it's kind of good um, that they've kind of they um, he went without a win, and the fact that they actually made sense like what he did after um, and kind of completely started over, um, left Congo, and I, I'm actually really liking the fact that Inamura has kind of completely gone back to basics pretty much, but it's kind of risen quite quickly. Um, again, um, I think at the time of recording, him and Kaito Kimir are next in line for the GHC yeah. uh, Tag Team Championships. Yeah, they're facing Sugura and Sakuraba, I believe, on the on the 19th. That should be a decent match and definitely kind of could be a real performance um, for Inamura, who um, I saw his match with uh, Sugura, um, I know, as I, men- I mentioned before, we started recording that I'm like ridiculously far behind on everything, um, like everything tournament related. I'd rather really struggle to keep up, but um, yeah, I think um, Inamura and Sugura had a really good match. Um, it's ten, only 10 minutes or so, but I think it kind of proves that he, um, Inamura had all the kind of tools to succeed and he just needs that one, that one win, um, which I think is kind of makes sense that he had zero. Yeah, I pretty much agree. Like you could have, you could have seen potentially um, Hinamura pick up a win, maybe over, I guess, either Marufuji or Taniguchi. But in the meantime, these are two guys that you, that you still want to look strong enough that you maybe don't want them to actually lose to. Well, I, well, I guess you can still call Hinamura rookie, even though he's really. Like it's it's already been at least two years since he's been wrestling, maybe close to three. So is he really a rookie at this point? I don't know. But yeah, like globally, like it's like he hasn't got any win, but it 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 doesn't really mean he hasn't been looking pretty good in his matches. And Hinamura is what is one of those instances. I w- I would compare it to uh, Yuya Uemura in um in the in the best of the Super Juniors where. They don't they don't get any wins, but that doesn't stop them from sh- from actually shining and looking pretty good for the future. So globally, it's I, I guess it didn't win, but it still was a pretty good tournament. Um, and next, we're going to move to our second point. Um, so this tournament was one of the few which actually gave uh, gave us time limit draws. Um, here in pro- here in the end, one victory we've got. Um, we got we got Kiyomiya and Moshizuki in A block going to a time limit draw as well as Sukura and Marufuji. Uh, I'd like to say the these were quite useful in a sense, like they helped uh, kind of shuffling the block and kind of make kind of make make distinct make distinctions and help uh, with the um, with the anticipation and keep keep the 
keep the anticipation high up until the, the very last night, the very last block night. Even though I think it was, I think the outcome of each block were quite predictable. I still think these these draws not only were useful but actually quite worked. Um, like if you've got any thoughts on the, on that point. Um, yeah, I think Kimir and uh, Mochizuki were kind of that kind of draw heading into kind of the um, the final night where um, Kimir against Shiazaki um, kind of had a lot riding on it. I think that was kind of the right move to make. Um, and yeah, it was, I think um, especially like the G1 kind of sticks out. Um, it's kind of the example of um, kind of draws kind of being missed. Which is kind of surprising because we didn't really. I don't think we got a single draw this year. Which is um, in the G one we didn't. That's quite uncharacteristic. Um, yeah, we we've been quite used to to draws the last few years. I remember um, I remember Okala and Tanahashi. I think it was two thousand eighteen. Um, I. Is it actually was it the only one? I'm pretty sure there were others, but I can't but I can't actually pinpoint any anymore. So like my my memory is my memory is actually kind of failing, failing me here. But yeah, um, it was quite surprising to see that in other tournaments, and we we're going to get to actually get to talk about about that a little bit more with uh, with the champion carnival. But yeah, uh, globally, I think Noah handled that pretty well. Like look looking at the field, and obviously like. The B block especially was pretty stacked, and you had to find a way to to protect to to protect guys like Sugura and Marufuji while um, not having them um, pretty much hold uh, the the top spot of the block, and and they they, they actually managed to do that by having these two draw, draw against each other in what was one of the better matches of the tournament. So that I guess I guess it just I guess it just is a good booking 101 in a sense. Um, unless you've got anything else to add about the N1 victory, uh, well, I guess, yeah. I guess why I guess why we're still on pro wrestling, Noah. We can we can talk about um, like I think you wanted to talk about uh, Shiozaki versus Sugura. I guess we can talk about that. I actually I actually have I've yet to see the match, but I think you already saw it. So I guess uh, like if you got uh, a thing or two to say about it. Um, yeah, I kind of I woke up really late um, on on Sunday. And I've, I've yet to kind of I've yet to watch it all the way through, but I watched the last like 10, 15 minutes, and that was really really good. Um, really good psychology. Like Go Shizaki is absolutely on fire. Um, probably his arms are kind of slowly burning away, and he's going to have nothing left. But um, but yeah, he's kind of he held like everything he did in what I saw um, was done deliberately and it kind of really effective um he went for a power bomb on segura and he held him up for ages and i think he kind of knew that if he hit it it was going to damage him and uh, the same with like the chops um and he kind of really struggled and he's absolutely um him and segura made a, surely a lot of people kind of throw out their ballots um, and their picks for match of the year because that was it was absolutely incredible um, can't wait for the Meltzer four and three quarter star rating uh, this week. <laughs> <laughs> if he even reads it, uh, yeah. But yeah, just to go, just to add a little more on Shiozaki, like 
his year feels like he has been able to top himself in a way every single time, and it's, which has been really quite amazing. Like, uh, like I guess the only other example of a run like that that I have would be the the Ocala run from um, 2016 to 2018. I guess that would be the only run I can compare where I feel where I felt like a champion was like actually able to have great match after great match after great match and it's actually quite impressive and I might like th that's good I might actually like maybe there's a bit of re recency bias there but maybe that that would be my favorite run of the two but obviously that's uh, a conversation for another day but just to just to just to say that it speaks volumes about uh, the great run that Shiozaki is having right now with the uh, as a VOA champion. Absolutely. Um, just to touch on the finals as well at the end one, because um, I had actually rewatched this the other day, and uh, Nakajima and Kimi are absolutely um, kind of one of the more under the radar kind of matches. Um, I'm not sure if that was because people were kind of. I don't, I'm not, I don't think Fight TV did the English commentary, but. Um, uh, actually, I think they. I think it was the first the, the first show that they did. I think. Yeah, um, yeah. I think a lot of people kind of missed it, and it was really, really good. Um, I recommend that people listening kind of go out of your way to watch Absolutely. it. Absolutely, it's not Natural kind of candidate. It wasn't like a technical masterclass in like that kind of sense. It was kind of they told a really good story though. Um, kind of like um, Kaito being like completely unable to kind of put Nakajima away, and like Nakajima just completely embracing the dark side and absolutely murdering this poor child and <laughs> setting up that. Uh, kind of fulfilling his destiny in a way. So I feel um, a lot of us kind of thought that when Nakajima turned, or, or even when he lost the uh, lost the national title to uh, Keno, and we kind of all thought, right, okay, he's winning the N1, and yeah. he's gonna he's gonna wrestle go. That felt like a long time coming. Just the pretty much Nakajima coming back to. Well, I guess he I guess he never exactly left the main event scene, but he he was kind of. Um thrown a little bit a little bit on the side doing doing his whole thing the last two years or so um like having having a challenge in to a title change in 2018 and last year as well but otherwise it was kind of left it was kind of left out um and now it really feels like the time where he's actually getting back to the to the position we've we pretty much all wait a weighty waited waited for him to get back to uh, a spin. and now that he is actually getting back to to pretty much being a being the heel that we that we know he could be um, yeah like we, we we pretty much knew he was getting into the dn one and he was the he was the big favorite he won that he had he then followed with having a an, an absolutely awesome match with Shiozaki uh, to con to kind of conclude that um the story with Axis, and now yeah, like looks like uh, things are are going are going to be quite bright for him, and actually quite intriguing as well because we don't really know what's going to happen with uh, with him in Congo. So there's so there's quite uh, quite a bit of story there as well to be waiting to be told. Um, and I gu I guess we can move on to to all Japan. There, I though I don't think you you actually watched much, if any, of all Japan. So I'm probably gonna handle uh, 
and all this for the most part or if or if you or if you feel you you can add uh, a, a little still to to the to the discussion there okay again we're gonna recap the blocks uh, in block a um, Zeus actually finished with eight points and won that block Jake Lee finished with six second in the block and then then there was a tie at uh, two points between Jiro Ikem and Kuroshio the current triple uh, Suwama the current triple crown champion and Kumar Arashi. and in B block um, Kento Miyahara uh, won the B block with six points then there was a three-way tie between Shuji Ishikawa, Yuma Aoyagi and Shotaro Ashino at four and Yoshitatsu finished at two um, this was kind of a, kind of a weird tournament in a sense as it really took it really took its time to actually um, going like the first few days of, of the tournament were kind of weird with very short matches and it kind of under delivered though by the end of it the tournament still managed to be quite decent with a great great final to cap it off between Zeus and Kento Miyahara um, uh, I guess like there, there are there are there are there isn't too too many talking points to have there to have there as the um, Globally, the, globally, when you look at the standings and just how the tournament went, it feels like it kind of looks like how you could how could you, you could have expected things to go. However, there still is at least one talking point we can we can look at, and that's um, about Shotaro Ashino, the leader of um, Enfant Terrible, um, uh, the former uh, Wrestle One stable. Uh, Ashino, who we know um, made his de made his all, all Japan debut um, earlier this year. Like, I th I think he made it. I might I might be wrong, but I think he made his debut around April or May. I think that's where the, he made his debut. Like, pretty much around the start of the um, other first um, uh, no crowd shows for all Japan. Um, like, is. He and he, he and his um, Terry comrades uh, started pretty hot. The year pretty hot, uh, picking up a lot of wins, um, leading to the Ashino versus Suwama match for the Triple Crown title. Um, then t things have kind of uh, kind of cooled down, I guess. And now Ashino uh, in this in this very very small uh, champion carnival only finished with four um, only picking up, picking up two wins um, back when the tournament actually first started I really I was really sure sure it would make the finals like to me it was it was pretty much written on the wall that he would um, as obviously it was the pretty much the, the new and like the, the new star in the in the company waiting to be Waiting to be to be elevated a little more following the his first title challenge. However, he finished uh, finished tight for second. So I guess the the question we could ask we could ask ourselves ourselves actually uh, would be if we if he could have if he could have won more um, and potentially went to the finals instead of Kento, who well if I if I recall correctly. I th I'm pretty sure Kento actually went to his third straight final, like 2018. He faced Fuji. Last year, he faced well. Last year, he won against Jake Lee, and yeah, well, so just like Ibushi, that's his third final, his his third tournament final. Um, 
I guess I, I guess I can still lend you the lend you the question, Conrad. Even though you haven't watched much Tall Japan, do you think could do you think Ashino should, could have won more, or maybe should have won more? Um, yeah, like I think I agree with you. Like even though I don't really follow like all Japan closely, I, I will next year, but uh, like this year I haven't at all. Um, kind of looking at the blocks, I kind of imme- my mind immediately went to well, Kento has lost to Suwama. Um, he's just had like this kind of massive title reign. Does he need to go to the finals? And I think mm, the answer yeah. was no, not really. Mm. Um, I guess like three straight finals is kind of a good way, but then he's just won. Um, he's just won real world tag league. Mm. Um, it kind of, I don't know. I think, I think they could have. I think they could have and should have um, let Ashino get to the finals and kind of just looking at um, his record after losing to Suwama. Um, they kind of had like a real kind of downward run quite um for a fair bit and a slow start to the um carnival lost to yuma aoyagi and kento um before kind of beating shuji shikawa and uh, yoshitatsu um but yeah i think they could have put him in the finals and it would have kind of kept him looking strong after losing the uh, triple count triple crown um title match yeah that, yeah that, I, th- I think that was the well, at least I like to think that was kind of the of the big expectation there. Now you now you can't really hear Kento making the making to the finals, especially especially against one of his longtime rivals in Zeus. Like I guess if I guess if Jake Lee made the final made the finals in A Block, uh, you could have had you could have had someone else. Like as obviously like Jake Lee and Kento have, has been a has been like the milked feud for a. Uh, for pretty much the last year or so, so you want you you want to give these two guys a break, um, and Lee and Ashino would have been a pretty great finals as well. Now, um, speaking of the actual winner Zeus, um, he was pretty much one of the favorites as well. I guess I guess, I guess we I guess most well well maybe not most but some people at least I got to discuss with uh, before the carnival actually happened. Uh, we are pretty much leaning towards it. Zeus of Jake Lee winning the actually winning the tournament. So pretty, so the, the favorite pretty much was there. And uh, and yeah, and I guess the other point we can bring up, um, uh, kind of comparing to the N one victory, uh, you look at this very small field and you see that here again maybe time maybe draws could have been useful as well just to separate um, certain. Uh, just to separate certain guys from each other, I'm thinking like Suwama just being at two, for example, just being at two points and being the champion. I guess you could have him, you could have had him being at being at three or I don't know five, maybe whatever. Uh, but just having a bit more points and kind of kind of standing out outside of the bottom of the um, out of the bottom of the um, of the of the block. And I guess if you weren't going to have a Shino make the finals, I guess having him be the straight up second as well could have been a little bit better so i guess it, i guess it speaks to the very straightforward booking of this tournament which which wasn't exactly too bad like when you think about it like zeus winning the tournament while being undefeated made, made him actually look uh, very strong going into his challenge against suwama so that was pretty great um then again uh maybe you could have at least one draw there like I guess Kento and Ashino being a draw would have been interesting to build up like the face of all Japan and um, and the new 
and the new foe in town could have been interesting. Suddenly, they, suddenly uh, Ishikawa, the booker, didn't do that. So maybe, uh, maybe it could have been something quite great. I don't know. Like, I, I guess, uh, I guess for people listening, you could tell that to us. Like, how do you, how would you have envisioned the Champion Carnival? Like, for those who actually follow our Japan, I guess that you, you, you guys could uh, answer, give us, um, give us your answers about this topic. And now, I guess we can. We're now we're gonna move on to the to the last of our of our tournaments, and as we are pretty much hitting more than an hour, more than an hour of recording, so we're gonna try to make this a, a little bit, go a little faster with the, with Stardom and the five star Grand Prix. Um, again, recapping recapping the recapping the block. So in the in the blue block, uh, Utami Ayashita finished with ten and won the block, uh, followed by Siru with nine points. Maika with eight, Momo Watanabe also finished with eight. Then we had Jungle Kiona finishing at, with seven, uh, Natsuko Tora and eight, and Azumi finishing with six, and Sayalita finishing with two. As for the red block, Imeka won the block with 11 points, followed by Mayui Watani with 10, Tam Nakano, Konami, and Julia finishing with eight. Then we had Sayaka Mitani finishing with, with five, Death Yamasan, also known now as Gokigen Death, finishing with four, and Stylite Kid finishing with two. Um, the first, the first thing really coming up, uh, coming out of this, of this tournament is, well, um, the abundance, uh, if I should, I should say, of um, Queen's Quest and Donald Mondo me- members being around the top of each block. So, I, I guess, is it fair to say that um, this tournament looks like the the launching pad for um, the QQ versus DM, DDM feud that. Actually, quite a lot of, of um, Stardom fans have been discussing with, have been kind of envisioning being the big feud for the future of Stardom, at least for next year. Yeah, I can see that being the case. Um, I think at the minute, kind of, the other factions are kind of in limbo, I guess, because, like, Stars is kind of, um, from, like, been from what I've been keeping up with, um, like the stuff with the Cosmic Angels and kind of mm. their potential split. So it Don't looks like Mayu. Split and, with stars. <laughs> yeah. I think the I think it's kind of leaning that there kind of will be, um, especially, I can't remember the match, but I think uh, Tam kept looking at the red belt and I think that's kind of going to set up a challenge and Tam's going to completely split um, with her group and um, Mayu's going to be like kind of left alone. It's going to give her something to do. Um well, maybe they give um, Momo or um, Utami kind of a longer run with the belt. Um, but um, yeah, I think DDM versus um, Queen's Quest makes sense, uh, like all the sense in the world. Um, Ueda Tai is kind of still kind of rebuilding, like a year on, um, yeah. or basically a year on after Hazuki and uh, Kigetsu um, both retired. I think I think Natsuko is kind of coming into her own as leader but I think a lot of people I don't think people would kind of buy an Oeda Tai versus anybody feud is kind of like the main thing but then you have so many top names in um, kind of DDM and Queen's Quest that it's really marketable and with Stardom planning um, on running like some pretty big shows I think it really makes sense as, from a business move yeah well but you you could you could really tell from the start that they were at Stardom was really high on DDM and 
like and with the focus that they that, that they gave their members like julia especially but but as we can as a, but as we can see like himeka made the as uh, made her tournament de- made, a, a, made her uh, I was gonna say tournament debut and yeah uh, she debuted in the first in the five star Grand Prix and made it to the final in the first year. Uh, Siri and Micah both finished both finished very high in the block in, in the blue block. So like you you can you can really tell they're they're high on this faction. Obviously they've been holding uh, quite a good chunk of titles since they since they debuted. Um, it really feels like the big feud for 2021. Uh, and who knows who will actually uh, enter as the as the World of Stardom champion um, following the the big Utami versus Momo Watanabe match, uh, which happens, I think I, for, I forgot the date. I think it's I think it's on the twenty second, but uh, like it's 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 later this month. But I forgot the exact date. Um, and speaking of Momo Watanabe, I guess. Like, what is the quote-unquote bigger surprise there? Either is it either um, Imeka making the finals on her debut, or, or Mo Watanabe, which was not making the finals, as she kind of was the, I guess the the bigger fish in the in the blue block. Like for you, for you, were these uh, any any surprising, and which was the bigger one? Um, I think kind of Momo not making the finals really surprised me because I thought this was going to be like probably one of the times that they really kind of pulled the trigger um, and kind of, because I was kind of expecting Mayu to kind of, I was expecting Momo Mayu at the 10th anniversary. It's kind of like um, that the really big match. Um, obviously that's not the way they went. Um, no problem with the Tami. I think she's really, really good. Um, but with the amount of time that Momo has kind of been heralded as the next kind of, the next ace figure, I was kind of surprised that she didn't make the finals. Um, Himeka had a really good tournament um, obviously finishing pretty clear um, well, obviously uh, t- t- um, a point above Mayu and then three points above everybody else the fact that she gave Julia her first pinfall was um, surprising like really surprising I wasn't expecting it but um, but yeah I think it was a r- really good tournament and a way to build like a new star Um and I, I like the fact that they had to go to a draw with um, Sakamitani, I believe, um, and that uh, kind yeah. of made both of them look great. Good use of a draw there. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Like, I, I guess the thing that surprised me, like, is like, I would have expected um, Stardom to be quite to be quite high on on Himeka just based on based on what she brings to the roster, uh, with her being pretty. We are pretty much outsizing everyone and being uh, so much stronger than everybody else. So really, making the making the finals uh, in the first year really is what took me is really what took me kind of kind of to kind of to uh, threw me away a little. Like it was kind of, it it felt kind of odd at first, but then you just then you just look at you just look at the field. Obviously, Mayu wasn't making the finals as champion. Obviously, Julia wasn't. Um, then you, then I guess it was either Tam or Konami, and there was an argument for both. But maybe, maybe, maybe Rossi, I guess, wanted to go outside of the box and just elevate and elevate somebody new, which thank, which thankfully worked. Um, so it, I guess it's one of those instances of kind of outside of the box booking, but which works. So you can't really, so you can't really say um, 
you, you can't really either complain or just um, question the decision, especially as um, as pretty much everyone as uh, pretty much everyone in DDM and lots of uh, startup members. Emeka is pretty good, so and had a, and had a pretty good tournament. So it's surprising, but I guess you understand you understand uh, what they were going with. Especially as she was uh, facing Utami, and you, you kind of, you kind of building something there with two of uh, Stardom's powerhouses there in the finals, and two of Stardom's future stars. So it's some, it's, it could be, it could be something interesting, and a, and a, and a first match leading to, to possibly a bigger feud in the future, I guess. Yeah, I can see Himeka doing really big things, considering um, obviously Pin and Julia um, making the finals, and kind of. Um, having the white belt match, I, I can see it only being like a matter of time before she does something. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I know you were kind of, uh, if I remember correctly, your predictions for the five star were Momo and uh, Konami in yeah, the finals. Yeah, these were my expectations. Um, obviously, this was um, this was before um, like we saw what happened with uh, the end of uh, Tokyo Cyber Squad and um, Konami joining Oitotai, uh, which now in hindsight, I guess Konami being like not not so well, not making the finals and well she still finished tied for third tied for third so I guess it's not it's not it's far from being a bad tournament but yeah, I was kind of surprised that she didn't um, stand stand out a, just a tad more like maybe finishing with nine or maybe ten points I don't know uh, but I guess it's still it's, it's still a pretty good tournament that she had she had two pretty good matches against both Mayu and Julia so. Um, during the tournament, two of my favorite uh, Grand Prix matches. So, in the end, I guess my favorite <laughs> still did still did pretty well. And yeah, I thought uh, I I really thought Momo was making the finals. Like, um, like as you as you said, obviously, like she's she has been portrayed as the as the future ace figure, and and this year things have kind of slowed down until very recently, actually. Um, and choosing to go with Utami since instead makes well makes perfect sense. So it so it's not really a a big surprise. But yeah, kind of. I guess I guess this tournament kind of um, like without being completely outside of the box, it it managed to be surprising enough for me, but not in a bad way. To to uh, how should I say this to. To take me to take my interest, even though I even though things didn't go the way I I, I was first I was first expecting to them to go. Yeah, I absolutely. Guess it's kind of a final word. Yeah, I think yeah, absolutely. I think the kind of walk when you kind of go outside the box with your book, you know, I feel you kind of walk in a fine line because that you you either kind of you make a brand new star and everybody's happy, or you kind of alienate part of your fan base because you've gone somewhere that they didn't expect you to go in the result wasn't at all where the fans feel that they should go. I feel that kind of um, Rossi, for all his faults, has kind of done something good. Um, the fact that Itami kind of, obviously, of course, went on to win the red belt um, and obviously made a uh, star out of Himoka and um, like kind of, I want to say refreshed Konami, I guess, but with kind of, even though she didn't finish like second or whatever, she still had a good tournament and she kind of, the turn um, at the uh, the show um, where she turned on jungle. I guess you were. I guess you weren't going to 
to to to to put a black in in too much of a strong position if you're going to turn her and I guess well uh, make that make that character change and go and make her go in that in such a different direction. So I guess that, that makes sense. Um, now um, before we actually move on to our end of the year awards thing, one I'm gonna ask you for one little prediction as. Uh, about uh, the upcoming uh, Utami versus Momo match, like, who do you think is living uh, with the uh, with the red belts at the end of the day? Um, kind of, it's a very interesting situation because I could really see it going either way. Um, I think just having Utami win the red belt is enough to kind of elevate her, and I feel like kind of it's a weird situation for Momo because. If she loses here, then she's kind of... I feel she kind of goes to second best in Queen's Quest and she's not really the leader. Um, that's kind of like a pretty weird way of putting it. But um, I think that she kind of needs the win. I think they've put a lot of time and effort into Momo to kind of like not capitalise on that now would kind of be um, a weird move. There's plenty of time with Itami, um to kind of rebuild her. Well, not rebuild her, but like kind of bring her back into that picture. But I feel like now Momo kind of needs it and... To perhaps a match with Mayu um, can still happen, but yeah, um, I want to go with Momo. Yeah, I would, I would lean to, I would lean towards Momo as well. Um, like, kind of, kind of for the same reasons as you, and also um, to talk just a little bit, of, a little more about Tami. Um, as you said, she, like, well, just, well, just like, just like Momo, these two are pretty young, so you have. So you you pretty much have all the time in the world to actually build these two and make sure that they that they are part of your future of um of your future and the main event scene going forward. However, um, Momo is already very established with a, with her past um, white belt run. Uh, so it kind of feels it's kind of that situation where you have. Like you you just you've just set up a star in Utami. But in the meantime, it feels like the perfect situation to actually put a rob, put the, a big roadblock on on a road. I guess like I was ex- first, I was expecting Mayu to be that roadblock following the following the, the five star Grand Prix win for Utami. That didn't happen. So and I could see like especially if you actually play on on a potential. Uh, well, I guess. I guess kind of feud within Queen's Quest between Utami and and Momo and whatever and wherever that leads, like you can play you can play into something there with with Momo actually, well actually with either results like with Momo taking the belt away from Utami and her having to rebuild in a different way, possibly through through the the tag titles that she currently holds or through the the white belt uh, next year, or you could have um, Utami retain and. Um, and Momo being that kind of position where she has again has to rebuild, and you can, I guess, build into something like resentment or something like that. That kind of story, where the leader kind of gets upset by, by I guess, well, the, I guess the, the second best member, quote unquote, um, and build off something there. So you, like, whatever, like, however this match ends and whatever the the outcome is, you have. You have some some great prospects of um, of just ways to go uh, booking wise and in terms of story that you can tell. So it's quite interesting, and 
I guess, I guess even if I really wish Mo would take the belt, just so that Hutami can can focus on the tactiles and do some and do something interesting there, I guess you can't really go wrong with any with any result there. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I haven't said much. This kind of stuff going on in the background. Oh, no, don't worry. Yeah. No, I think. Plus, I think we're pretty much. Uh, we're as we're pretty much reaching the like, like the end of this thing with Stardom. Unless you've got anything else really that you want to add, I guess we can move on to the, to our little fire bullets with the end of the year awards. Yeah, I'm happy to move on if there's nothing else to add. All right. All right. Let. Then let's move on. So I use the term fire bullets. So what we're going to do here is I'm going to throw you each question like we've got like we've got a little few, and you essentially just give me the the first name that the the first name that come out of just the the first thing that comes out. Like you you don't give you don't give it too much thought. Like I I guess looking at the questions you've kind of prepared you you kind of have you already. You kind of already have um, some ideas of what uh, what you're going to answer, but like I, I really want you want you to go fast at this, especially as we're going to try to to make this as short as we can uh, to end this thing up. So to starting up, uh, what's your 2020 MVP, both men and women? Uh, men's Goshizaki without well, probably Katsuhiko Nakajima in probably the one A and one B, I think. But yeah, Goshizaki for men um, and. Controversial answer um, in some circles, I know. Um, Yoshiko from Seedling, who has had an absolutely belting year this year, um, as the female MVP with Mayu Itani as a close second. Yeah, I would probably lean with the with these two as well. Obviously, Shiozaki for the for for, for the men. Um, and yeah, I, I was go I was going to pick Yoshiko first, but I think I'm gonna go I'm I'm gonna go with Mayu. Uh, just uh, uh, just because she's really been too great, uh, too great this year to ignore, uh, I guess. Uh, moving on to best tournament. Um, N1 victory. I don't think there's much competition there. Um... Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Arguably the, arguably the, the just the best tournament of the year. Like Noah in terms of tournament this year has been pretty good globally. Um, Next up, uh, match of the year. Um, pretty much, I could go with any of Shiazaki's title reigns. Um, <laughs> recently, by um, recently, by kind of screams out Nakajima. Um, but I think I'm going to go over to All Japan. Um, and Kenta Miyahara versus Suwama was excellent. With probably Keno versus Goshizaki, the 60 minute draw being probably second. Yeah, two very great matches indeed. I'm I'm also go back uh, gonna go back to to pro wrestling Noah. Um, also with Goshi Ozaki, but I'm going to pick the the match against Kazuyuki Fujita. Um, the symbolism in that match to me was just way too strong, and just what they accomplished with with the 30 minutes stare down, stare down especially, and and pretty much everything that followed like that match. Yeah. What one of the best, still one of the best experiences I've witnessed through through pro wrestling. So yeah, it's, it would be my match of the year. I think I can't read um, go too far away from that. Uh, next up, uh, promotion of the year. Yeah, pro wrestling. No, not much competition. Seedling uh, <laughs> for women's wrestling. I think I've really enjoyed the products um, this year. 
yeah, pro, yeah, I would, yeah, I would say um, promising Noah as well, pretty much. Like there's, there hasn't been, well, there has been competition, but it feels like, it really feels like this has been Noah's year, right? Absolutely, I think they kind of um, running Budokan next year is absolutely a well-deserved reward for um, after kind of a rough few years, um, like with uh, the Suzuki Goon. I know that really kind of um, really almost sunk them really, um, and were, to have they such were, an they were almost almost uh, almost gone after that. Like they almost fa- they almost faced with bankruptcy and things like such. So it was yeah. difficult. Considering, time. Yeah, considering these scandals that kind of faced them before as well. I know. Uh, I know very very vaguely of the um something with the uh the yakuza with um yeah back when Misawa Misawa was there. running the promotion yeah mm. there but, have been yeah, uh, a... shady things going on let's let's uh keep it at that yeah i'm glad to see that they bounce back in a kind of a viable competitor to new japan right now mm-hmm, absolutely yeah, especially with the uh, with the cyber agent uh, backing, they get that 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 big company uh, behind them, just like New Japan has Bushiro. So it kind of uh, even the odds, I guess, in that sense. Um, moving on to quite the interesting category with most improved wrestler. Um, probably Sai Kamatani or uh, Tatsuya Hanami from Two AW, who has had an out- who has had an outstanding year. Um, two great shouts. Yeah, I think uh, probably have to go with um, Sire though, just because like even I haven't, uh, I dropped Stardom about halfway through the year, mm-hmm. but just like the gifts I've seen of her and the fact that um, she's kind of ha- uh, still having that goddess of Stardom uh, tag run is more than enough to cement her as my um, like that uh, winner of this category. Like her her current tag run with the Tommy really has been one of the of the Stardom highlights this year, um, like from the. From the the very early ta- uh, tag titles match that they had, I that they had to to the more recent ones, uh, there was that um, that time limit draw with them. I think it was I think it was the the Queen's Quest uh, tag, uh, tag match against uh, my uh, I was I was gonna say my Momo and uh, and Azumi, which was pretty good, which was definitely pretty good. And Saya is definitely growing into a role in that sense, like as the I guess as the I guess as the one taking the punishment when Uta, when uh, when Utami is more able to 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 kind of even the odds and that tag team is really growing and you can tell that Saya that, that Saya is making big big progress. Um, though my pick I, I, like Tatsuya Hanami was also someone I thought about, but I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Rina Shingaki of two of two AW as well. Uh, she has been appearing in in pro wrestling wave recently she's been kind of taken under her wing by Siri before she actually signed full-time with stardom and she has been she has been having some pretty pretty good performances not so much in singles matches but when you can see her in tags that whether it is in 2AW or, or elsewhere she she has managed to be more and more of a highlight and for someone who has been wrestling for only three years it's pretty impressive what she did so we definitely recommend uh, for people who don't know who that is, like to check out, uh, well, not only to AW, but to Nashingaki as well. I think you will, you will enjoy what you see. Um, next up, our second to last category uh, with the best title reign. I think we're going to agree with that one. Yeah, I think um, Shizaki's GHC run. Um, maybe Yuji Okabashi's run with the 2AW open weight is kind of like a 
not so or well, a second, but like a not like really close because Go has absolutely blown everything out of the water this year. Yeah, Mm-mm, absolutely. Like yeah, the the only two titles I'm kind I can thinking of are um, the well obviously the Okabayashi running into AW and uh, Masato Tanaka's run as KOD uh, Openweight Champion in DDT. Like read the. These ones would be the the two other runs which I, which I think really stand out in terms of quality. Now, in terms of longevity, you can talk about, uh, I guess, the Daichi Hashimoto run in BJW as strong heavyweight champion. Like, it still was a pretty good run. I guess one of the better title runs of the year. Though, well, I guess it's very personal, but Daichi isn't exactly my my, my cup of tea. Though he did have some pretty good matches. Like, he definitely deserved to at least be mentioned. In, in that category. Um, and lastly, the breakout star of the year. Um, Eldest Brado would be a good shout. Um, I think Tatsuya Hanami as well um, has yeah. kind of quite quickly broken out. Um, this the, That tag team run with uh, uh, Kengo Mishima has done absolute wonders for him and it's been really cool seeing him kind of ascend to the position he's in already. Um, absolutely, it kind of along with um, Ayato Yoshida, is going to be one of the guys that kind of carries 2AW forward, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to first lean hitter towards Yoshida or Anami, but my pick, is, my, my pick is actually going to be, and he could have been a mention for um, most improved wrestler, I think, is um, Yuya Haoki from um, BJW. Uh, he has been he has been the junior heavyweight champion there for most of the year. Uh, he has he he has been one of the most consistent uh, wrestlers this wrestlers this year, which which have which sadly for him haven't been talked about too much, even though he's been having a pretty great reign. Uh, he has kind of been he has been paired up with Shinjiro Hotani, like the the, the legendary Shinjiro of. The, Otani for the for BJW's tag league, which have been quite quite significant, which have been quite significant for him, uh, and yeah, like he 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 has been really coming into his own as potentially the, the well, I I guess the future junior race in in the in the division in BJW and whether and depending on his future is going to be one of the one of the future stars in in the strong division going forward uh, whether he stays a junior or not so definitely definitely one of the of the brightest young stars in in pro wrestling this year yuya hauki uh, like i would definitely recommend uh checking like just to give people just to give people one uh, one match to watch um the match with Fuminori Habe from uh, February, which was pretty good for the junior title. Definitely a match I would I would recommend checking out. Yeah. Uh, I think we've um we've kind of missed um a name for potential breakout star of the year. Well, one that I've kind of certainly like discovered this year that's been absolutely outstanding in every match, and that is the other Joshi in um two AW. Uh, one of, I know one of your favourite um, Joshi competitors, Val. Um, Ima Satomura. Absolutely. Um, had a really good year. Um, pre- yeah. Pretty much every match I've seen from her has been really great. Um, three years of experience, but has wrestled 257 matches. Um, she's done two AW Seedling, um, Pro Wrestling Wave, Sendai, um, Oz Academy, and I think she was part of a BJW show uh, according to Cage Match. So she's oh, been. Oh yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, 
she's been she's been wrestling some of the uh, BJW X two uh, AW events shows. Like uh, she teamed with Yuji uh, Okabayashi in the um, September's Big Advance and November's Big Advance. Yeah, definitely. I um like but like in the end, both Ayame Sasamura and Rina Shingaki are um are two of the Joshi wrestlers we we kind of uh, don't talk about so much uh, because obviously um like uh the, the Joshi landscape is is pretty focused on stardom right now, and you've got some other bright spots here and there um in between uh, TJPW, Seedling, uh, I guess those Academy and Sendai Girls. Um, did I mention? I, I hope I didn't forget TJPW, but um, them as well. And yeah, outside of that field, like it's like you you don't have that many names who which come out. And yeah, these two like Sazamura and Shingaki really uh, as the, as they get as they get um, more um, more pro, uh, more prominent uh, more prominent matches and just. Um, uh, more imper- more appearances in other companies should help them uh, kind of raise raise their ceiling uh, within the within Joshi wrestling uh, globally, and hopefully they do because they are they're really talented. But both of them, absolutely agree. I can't wait for jo- Joshi at the minute has kind of been one of my absolute favorite things to kind of dive into this year after kind of only really watching like WWE and maybe like impact here and there um, for like good women's wrestling. And this year has been absolutely so rewarding. Uh, I've discovered so many new talents and it's been really cool. I guess, I guess that would be like your, your big thing, your big thing to which, uh, yeah, to come out, uh, to come out of, uh, of this difficult year that of out of this difficult year that has been 2020. Yeah, like, like I can relate to that. Like I've been also discovering quite a lot of talent, and mostly in Joshi wrestling as well. So I can definitely relate to that sentiment. Um, I guess on that note, um, and that that quite positive note, uh, we can actually wrap this thing up. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so you can, f- uh, you guys can find, can we'll, we'll be able to find this episode on um, just uh, re. Correct me if I if I forget anything, but you can find us on Spotify, iTunes. You can find us on Anchor as well, if I recall correctly. Yep. Uh, yeah, pretty much anywhere that you get your podcasts, I think. Yeah. yeah. Apple Podcast. If I didn't mention, if I didn't mention that, um, uh, do you? St- uh, I, I I will before I forget. Um, we have a. We have a little bit of a partnership with Grabs Apparel. Like I don't like if you still have the code that we can. Uh, yeah, yeah, the um, code CKNF at grabsapparel.com and the merch stand.co.uk, and you get ten percent off your order uh, from us. Yeah, so check them out. They have some. They have some really nice designs. Like I, I did check out the site uh, a few days ago. Like they, they have some really nice design. I'm sure you can find. Uh, Something really nice for a uh, Christmas season to to offer or to buy for yourself. And on that and on that note, the net and uh, social media. Okay, so um, yeah, Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at El Campat de Newt. Um, obviously, follow this uh, at CK Near Fools. Yes. And um, if you feel so inclined, uh, support me on Tippy. That is T I P Triple dot com um, forward slash Comrade Newton Writer. Um, you can. 
donate if you wish or watch a video either supports me um and yeah this has been yeah another episode and we're not done for the year but i'll let you talk about that though yeah 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 we've got um we've got a little surprise for um for the end of the year it's it's gonna come out um well well i guess near i guess near christmas it should, uh, it should hopefully come out near, near christmas we've got uh a, a little bit of a special episode episode coming out uh so so get ready, get ready for that. In the meantime, we're going to we're, we're telling you goodbye, and, and well, I guess um, see you in uh, in around two weeks or so. Yep.